Hey, 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 it's Damian Barling. Before I bring in Joe Adge and before we introduce Richard Ivanowski of the King's Herald, I, I wanted to tell you something. Now, I'm kind of whispering just because you might have your earbuds in and you were expecting to hear the Run DMC music and I just didn't want to start the show shouting at you, but I should be shouting because it's a very exciting time because we've got some new hoop brawl products out and the hoop ball products are, are massively like, we don't normally kind of, these products are out all of the time. We normally don't push these out on you, but with the NBA season just a couple of weeks away with the draft right around the corner and knowing a lot of you are our daily fantasy players, we needed to let you know the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy is out right now. The hoop ball draft guide. It is our flagship. It is our shining beacon. It is the most comprehensive draft guide in all the fantasy. It is out right now. The guys at hoop ball went 400 players into this thing. A future access pass to the brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the brewski 150 is, you need to know. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other draft list for 10 straight years. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our monthly membership plans. So what we have is we have the Fantasy Pass. That includes the Draft Guide and the Brewski 150, uh, the also new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premier tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We also have the new Wager Pass for sports bettors who want picks and analysis and we have the Hoopball 360. That sucker has all of the stuff I just mentioned, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. Head to hoop-ball.com or follow at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter now and get everything that you need. Now is the time to learn more and get yours. And we are thrilled that you are here with us on the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network, along with the Be Heard platform. I am Damian Barling, along with your host of the show, Joe Edge. And we're joined today by Richard Ivanowski of the Kings Herald. And we'll just uh, we'll just jump right into the conversation as Jillian is coming to us from the Four Seasons landscaping uh, place where the infamous... Beautiful. Yeah, you look, it looks fantastic. It looks, but Rich, this I is why it. you're, this is why you're here, buddy. Russell Westbrook to the Kings. Huh? How do we make it work? And I feel like I'm gonna, I feel like I've been a downer this whole week and I'm going to be a downer for the rest of the week because I'm just not here for the mad dash right before draft and free agency. I just, I see everything going off the rails we want to make these moves. We want to land this star right now. And I don't know how serious anyone is about this. Uh, it's a Twitter thing. But, yeah, I just – I see that and I hear that and I'm like, I'm going to stay away. I, I feel like Westbrook really wants out. I don't think that's a Twitter thing. I think he wants out of Houston. That, that, that's that been around for a couple of days now. There was the Clippers. I think the Knicks were were a couple of uh, teams that came up in, in original conversations. But – I want nice things. You know, that, that's true, Rich. That's a good point. Like, let's let's not do this. I don't want Westbrook in Sacramento on a year. I can't go watch him 41 times. So I guess we can, Jill, I guess we can work out the 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 trade to get Russell Westbrook to Sacramento later. Yeah. <laughs> 
No. You guys um, are no fun. I, I still think it's, I would love to see it happen for the Clippers or the Warriors. I think those would be two great spots just to throw chaos into the West, at the top of the West. What a strange turn of events it would be if, because I feel like Warriors fans hate Russell Westbrook. And I've never understood that. I don't know if it's like a KD thing. I don't really know what it is, but I feel like Warriors fans really, really hate Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, there was that. I mean, that's the three, one lead, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was a back to that. Um, and yeah, like, no, I yo, mean, like you guys won, like, like, <laughs> like if you're a warrior fan, I'm like, dude, not only did you win, you got KD too. Like why, why do you, you should love the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they didn't like, um, Demarcus after he made his comments, you know, when he was in sack <laughs> and then ended up getting him right before he got traded. Yeah, that's um, true. But you know, they end up turning it who they welcome Durant with open arms. So, I mean, I think they'd be, I think they would, they'd be fine. Weird bunch. Those warriors like fans, <laughs> not yeah. like the, if you're not good, like, you're not their guy, they're going to, they're going to hate you, you know? And then as soon as they, as soon as you become their guy, they're all about you. Well, and they're not, they're, they're, they're totally different than the completely normal fans that we have here of the, the Sacramento Kings where absolutely nothing crazy happens uh, with the Sacramento Kings fan base. So uh, let's dive into this in all seriousness. Obviously we're having some fun. The Russell Westbrook news is, is, is very uh, recent as, as the time we're recording this. Many of you know, we record on uh, Wednesday nights. We try to get it out to you uh, immediately, but we are one week away from the NBA draft and we're seven that would make eight, nine days away from the start of free agency. Uh, we're a couple of weeks away from training camp beginning and we're a little over a month away from the NBA season beginning. It's absolutely wild to think about. It's wild to talk about in the midst of all of this. At some point, guys, the schedule is going to come out. Christmas day games are going to be announced. All of these things that we look forward to in like increments throughout the summer are all going to happen within the next few days. And we're the Sacramento Kings podcast. We're here to talk about the Sacramento Kings. And we're all kind of left, you know, Jill, you you were kind of our, you know, you were our rock through the, uh, the general manager search. And, you know, Monty McNair is here. And I, I you know, I've, I've joked w- with you about this before. I don't think we see or hear from Monty McNair again anytime soon. And but we're going to be analyzing everything that happens over the course of the next couple of days is like, OK, what does Bonnie McNair think about this roster? And everything we're analyzing is based on what a 17 to 30 minute speech he gave at his, you know, opening opening yeah. press conference, you know, besides what he was able to do with Houston. But anyone that was with Houston, I mean, you know. They Russell were, Westbrook was with Houston, but it made saying. sense for them. They made, they made those initial trades to get, you know, to get those um, pieces that they were able to be flexible then to go after Harden. And then once they got Harden, every trade was made to piece around Harden. So to me with the Kings, you have to wonder is Fox that guy for them? And then everything Monty going forward is going to be to piece around Fox. If he's in fact going to get the huge extension, which we all think he's going to be, then to me, whatever you're building has to be built to this point, you're going all in around, around Fox. Um, 
And then that debates, is that bogey? Is that buddy? Is that Holmes? He's got one year left on his deal. Um, is Bagley going to be healthy and what's going to happen with him? Um, Bielitsa, uh, I don't think we've gotten the day yet of when they have to pick up his option by. Um, but you know, all the contenders are paying attention right now because I would think they would want uh, a stretch for, you know, big who can who can shoot threes to me that screams like a warrior's minimum kind of deal um yeah. it, it it's going to be a jabari does he opt in um at this point it's leading up to the draft i think if we don't hear anything before that to me that could really tell us what direction he's looking in um based on what kind of moves he makes on draft night and then um who he ends up picking we we might be able to get a little bit of glimmer of of an idea of what of what he's thinking but right now we're taking it off of like i said before 30 minutes of his of his press conference and trying to read what we can into it rich do you think the roster looks somewhat different dramatically different barely different uh, you know in about 2 weeks yeah 2 weeks is going to be a tough thing to predict. I know I spoke with you and Kenny uh, over on ESPN 1320. And, and you know, I, I said that I felt that this roster was going to change a lot, but I don't know that it's going to be immediately off the bat. I think you got to give a full year for that timing to work itself out a little bit. Um, because especially with Walton in place for what we assume to be at least one more year, why not take that time to to make your moves? And, and I mean, obviously his contract is even longer than that, but I think that's kind of the window. You don't want to force anything. There's no urgency to get it done right away. I don't think that there's any trade, you know, Russell Westbrook or, or not, that makes the Kings, you know, relevant contenders, even for a playoff spot, in my opinion. Um, so I do think there's going to be a lot of changes you know, when you have a new GM, I mean, why, why hire a new GM if there's not going to be changes? If you wanted the same roster, just keep Vlade. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to, Jill, before you jump in, I, I love Russell Westbrook unapologetically. I'm not trying to figure out a way to get him on the Sacramento Kings. I just want to make sure I throw that out there because, oh, this is so stupid. It makes no sense. No, I know. I just love him. And I don't want him on the Sacramento Kings this year because I can't go watch him 41 times. I'm dead serious. The second, he, if, if there's even a remote chance that I could go to the arena 41 times and watch Russell Westbrook, I would a hundred percent do it. Uh, but that was all, you know, tongue in cheek, Joe, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, if they follow you, they should, they should know at this point, your love. of all yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm trying not to lose my train of thought there. Um, I threw you off. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but Rich was okay. talking about the, the, the roster and um, Monty McNair coming in. And, you know, it, and it was interesting. We talked to Zony uh, Zipteris on okay. D'Lo and Casey today, and he kind of had the same sense. Like he, basically what you just said about trying to figure out, like you, you don't see a general manager come in and just kind of take the same roster that the previous regime had. And so it's like, okay, it's, it's interesting because there are multiple schools of thought about the roster. I have my feelings about the coaching staff. We know that this is a, a front office that is hands-on with the coaching staff. And, you know, there's 
with the draft coming up Wednesday, free agency right after that. Rich, there's questions about Buddy. There's questions about Bogey. Uh, in in you know, Jill had just mentioned uh, Nemanja Bialica. So there's there's so many different things surrounding this 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 Kings team in the next ten days that it's you know, and Jill and I talk about this often. Change is exciting, and it feels like there's some change within this organization right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I listened to you guys' episode from last week, and I definitely. You know, the big changes are the, the the stylistic changes, like hiring someone who is, it's no longer, this was a good hire for Sacramento. It's, this was a good hire. This guy was qualified to do this job and he could have done this job for any of 30 teams. Um, that's exciting. I think, uh, have you guys even covered the, um, the Mark Jones hire as well? I mean, that's another, I mean, there's so much, this is what's happening this week, right? I mean, we're being inundated and that's why I pushed back on the Westbrook thing is because I just, it's like, I'm getting overwhelmed with all the news. And of course the Westbrook stuff is real, but I'm just like, let's just, let's slow down for a second. There's so much going on. Yeah. We hadn't even got to talk about last week. We were talking about who would be the defensive fill-in and then boom, they hired Rex. And right. I, yeah. I mean, again, like you were saying, yes, it's not just, Oh, a great hire for the Kings. Like that is just a good, that's a solid hire for, for any team. Um, so again, and, and I feel like of, all of the Kings recent top bottom now where it's like, Good hire. Good hire. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Good hire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like keep going. <laughs> Uh, and it's and I guess it's worth expanding on it since Rich brought it up. Mark Jones is a, a, just a phenomenal hire, and I know the timing. I, I got into this. I don't know. I I'm on Facebook maybe like once a week, and for some reason I got into this weird exchange with this dude on one of the Sacramento Kings groups where he was like, "Well, the Kings must have hired him pennies on the dollar because he was hired the same day all of those layoffs were happening at ESPN." I was like, nah, fam, like he still works for ESPN. He's like, oh, yeah, right. Like, nah, dude, he does. <laughs> like, he's the number two broadcaster for NBA games at ESPN. He still does college football and all these other things. Like, he is a grade A hire. And as much as I didn't like the other guy, this is, regardless of how I felt about that person, this is a massive freaking upgrade. This is a guy who knows the league in and out. He's got great relationships with players. And there's this thing, and it's not anyone's fault, but when you're a broadcaster for a home team, when you're a broadcaster for a, a, a team, Sacramento, Los Angeles, whoever, you're locked into your team and you only know a couple of days worth about your opponent, if that. Mark knows a lot about the entire league and he's going to be able to give us a, an insight into teams and opponents that we've never literally have never been able to get before. And the, the thought of him and Doug together is just, I, I, I'm incredibly excited uh, to watch Kings basketball this year for that announced team. Yeah. And then hearing their history together was cool. And that's, you know what I mean? We were figuring that whoever comes in has to have some sort of, chemistry history with Doug so that it does go kind of seamless and this this I think we and might even mention too but allows him um you know to, I wouldn't even say not to be the guy but it still allows him to transition and because he's only been there what two years it allows him to still transition in without bringing in a total newbie um 
you know, as well. It's that's, that's a solid guy that Doug's going to be learning from on, on this side of the court, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being on the other side of it. So it's, it's a win in every aspect. Yeah. Um, Rich, what's the most important thing for the Kings over the course of the next seven to 10 days? And I know that's a loaded question because you've got the draft and free agency, right? Is, is, is right after that. But if you were to say, okay, here's a checklist. I got to put this in my iPhone. Here's my, you know, things to do. The most important for the most important thing for the Kings to do is what? Make a modern pick with number 12. You know, there's free agency, you know, the free agency stuff. I think we can cross that off the list. If you're trying to find the most important thing, cross that off. You know, Kings don't really have any cap space. They don't have cap space. Um, you know, you can use your exceptions when all, but it's, that's not going to be a major thing. Uh, you know, you can look at trades, but trades, sometimes it's, they happen and they don't. You rarely go into an off season like, oh, we got to make this trade. It's, uh, it's this draft pick, um, especially coming off of, a an era under Vlade Divac where draft picks were like really really hot and cold and and a lot a lot cold uh very often cold um especially in terms of the theory behind them and you know passing on guys that you know it just shows that this team was kind of run with a really old school mentality and and I think Jill we've talked about this before picking guys that are great athletes but then they just they don't know how to play the game once they get on the court or they don't know how to play the game at a level that's going to, you know, change the franchise fundamentally. Um, there's a lot of work to be done, especially on the, on the drafting side of things. And there are guys on the board that I think you could take the pick and, and say, okay, well, this is repeating the same mistakes. We're going, Hey, we need, we need to get another big man in there, another big man that can't shoot or, struggles to defend um, and relive some of these old mistakes. So let's, let's do this. Right. Yeah. Do you have anybody? Okay. Let's they stay at 12 based on who we're kind of here. We, we have heard a couple names, maybe slipping, maybe moving up. Do you have anybody that you're kind of targeting that you think could be there that, that you would think would be solid? Yeah. So Patrick Williams is definitely my guy there um and we can get into the the slipping names as well and i don't know what's slipping or not you know is slipping from 11th count as slipping or they need they need to slip from five or six the projected range up there but patrick williams is solidly in the king's range at 12 he is this uh you know he's this super versatile defensive forward that the kings just haven't had a guy like him really uh in a while, I think, you know, driving the development of the team, um, you know, there's a, it's a very point guard heavy draft. And so that's another kind of hurdle that we have to cross here, especially if Buddy and Bogey do stay. And then you've got, you know, heavy investment in four guards and, and trying to navigate that. So Patrick Williams, and then I want to include Devin Vassell in case he does. I think that's like a mini slide, right? We're but, seeing both of them almost swap. Right. And then we also hearing out of Detroit. And I saw today, you know, someone's writing about Isaac Okoro could fall, which is, you know, here's another great defensive forward type of player that I didn't expect to fall. But then, you know, you hear everybody's going to fall. You hear Killian Hayes could fall. I actually have a piece coming out in the B in the next couple of days about why we should trade up for Killian Hayes. And I'm like, oh, I wish they had ran that a couple of days ago because 
Maybe we don't need to trade up for Killian Hayes. Maybe he'll just fall right out to 12. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll throw that name out there. What is it about, um, since you're going to have the article coming out about Hayes that you would want to move up for, or if he ended up falling, that that would be your, your choice. Yeah. I like investing in a long, long-term project right now. Um, you know, you guys have mentioned that there's been change around the Kings. Like you start to feel like things are actually changing. I think one really, uh, crucial change in in terms of what I want would be to actually buy in on the long term and say, yeah, look, this, this kid, he's super young. He's super raw, but the potential is so high that we can invest the time and the minutes in him to, to really bring the best out of him. Even if it takes a couple of years, we're not going to, you know, get antsy and try to get Sadiq Bey, who's a good player, but you know he's not going to be anything more than a role player. You know he, his ceiling is very capped. So to even to, to make a move to move on from Buddy, move on from Bogey, but really invest in a young, raw player with tremendous upside like Killian Hayes would be exciting for me. Yeah. So I remembered what I was going to say earlier, too, based on your when we were talking about possible trades and things like that, is we're hearing that the Suns have interest in Chris Paul, right? And – they're talking about um, who would have to be included. It would obviously, I would assume, be Rubio. Um, and then uh, Ubre was brought up. And to me, not having cap space or not having flexibility where, to me, that's a guy I would love to be like a third team to go after because he does fit that age, that age. he fits that style. Um, and I do think that when he kind of talks about flexibility, he talks about being able to be the third team and, and in moves like this and being able to maybe grab pieces here and there, whether it be picks, take on a contract for picks, things like that to where he can move forward. And right now we're obviously in a spot where that's not really possible. So like you were saying, I think in this next week or two, we could really see that if we start seeing maybe all these guys kind of get shipped off, that maybe that is going to be his mindset that he wants to have that space and that flexibility to be involved and in these kind of moves and collecting asset wise. Um, But cause right now we're kind of in that, are we going to go up? Are we going to go down? Like we're paying all this money, but we're still kind of just treading water. Like we're not, are we going to go, are we going to go down the swamp? Are we going to go up that it, it, it is hard to know at, at this point, but I also don't want them to not try and keep bogey to where I don't think you can let a guy like that just walk free. And we don't need another Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? Like we don't need another move like that where we just let a guy go and we don't get anything where even if you keep him for half the year, whether it's him, buddy, and, and you have to eat them, you know, for half a year. And then let's say at the trade deadline, you move. Um, but it's, yeah, back to what, what he's going to do. It's, it's going to be interesting in the, in the next week. Well, that's worth, that's, that's where, that's where diving further into rich is, is, is the free agency aspect is how, how much of their approach to Friday will be dictated by what they do on Wednesday. 
meaning who the, 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 the you know because we're gonna read into it that's, that's what we do we're fans we're gonna be on twitter we're gonna be like oh they drafted a guard bogey's gone we're gonna be coming up with all sorts of different scenarios that are gonna lead us to have certain feelings about what happens on wednesday versus what happens on friday do you think that's is 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 that just fans being fans or or do you think there is something to to read into what happens on wednesday no i actually think there's there's something to be said for that um there's going to be a log. Jam. I mean, there's already been a log jam. It's, it's really tough to put it like that because I think the right coach and the right culture and the right uh, number of wins in the win column, you know, takes some of that uh, tension away, but yeah, there, there has been tension. I mean, it, it's, it, it's no secret that Buddy Heald has been wanting a bigger role and more minutes wants to start. And I think, you know, perhaps Bogdanovich has done a better job of, not um, not uh, making that a news item, but I, I don't think it's, I guess it's a little bit of a better kept secret, but I'm sure he wants the exact same things. Um, I'm sure he would like to be paid um, in this coming week. I have no doubt about that. So if they do go with a guard, I'm there, I'm certainly, my ears are going to, uh, uh, you know, start to get a little sharper looking for a buddy deal, looking for a bogey deal. I'm certainly going to cross off any free agent guards off the list. I mean, you know, we haven't even mentioned Corey Joseph, like I, I said, okay, they're going to have four guards they're invested in. Okay, well, actually, it's five. They're also paying Corey Joseph $12.5 million. Um, you know, so where does he fit into that? Uh, I, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I would definitely be looking very, very hard at the forward spots if the Kings don't draft a forward at 12. So say they do end up with a Killian Hayes or a Tyrese Halliburton, maybe someone like that falls to 12. And the value is too good to to pass that up, despite the the you know kind of clog over at the at the guard spots, um, you know. And then the difficulty, of course, is there aren't a ton of forwards in the NBA anyway. There's already a really high scarcity. Like they're not just uh, on the free agent market, uh, market much, especially not ones that are young and that have some sort of projectability, some sort of upside that would be attractive to a team that has a young core. There are a few names that I, you know written down here i think we could take a look at and maybe run these by you uh jill i think you you like some of these guys um we've talked about Derek jones jr with miami mo harkless is a name that comes up a lot um around king's fans and then depending on how you classify jeremy grant he might take uh, a good amount of money to secure but those are just three guys at least in their 20s that can play a forward spot another one too uh Hernan Gomez, to, I mean, I don't know how much Minnesota is intent on keeping him, but it could be a stretch stretch option. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you're looking at guys like that that you don't imagine are going to get a whole lot of money, but you also don't know. It, it's it's hard right now in this kind of environment who's going to be available for what kind of exceptions. Um, and depending on are they going to pick – Bealita up are they not I mean to me it kind of seems like they would because if, if I remember correctly I don't think we get his his cap space falls off right isn't it isn't it locked in or does it yeah we're going to be operating as I say we the Sacramento Kings are going to be operating as an over the cap team to be to be sure I mean I guess I mean if they let Bogdanovich straight up walk you know, like you're saying, we can't do, the Kings can't do, they shouldn't do. If they let Bogdanovich straight up walk 
and they let and they just uh, wave the elites. I guess you can get under, but it's only by the amount that you already would have exceptions for. So your purchasing power in the market isn't improving. You can still sign guys up to you know ten million dollars in salary, and if you want to do that under the under the cap, good for you, I guess. But you can stay above, and you still got your ten million dollar mid level exception. You, yeah. you each mentioned something that that caught my attention. One, I really like Jeremy Grant. Um, and, and that if we come full circle, this all has to do with Russell Westbrook and watching a whole bunch <laughs> of the Oklahoma City Thunder and thinking, yo, this dude can play. Um, two, Jill, and I don't, I don't know that this is what you meant, but you meant, yeah, it's it's hard to get a feel for you know this this climate and you know everything that's going on, and I think that's worth pointing out here too. Rich is the NBA is essentially entering their first COVID season. Like they, they, they finished last year. Like don't, don't mistake what the bubble was. That wasn't the start of a new season. That was an end. And that was an all out sprint. Like, dear God, please get us to the Larry O'Brien trophy and some confetti and let's get the hell out of here. They were able to do that and they did it beautifully in Orlando. They did it far better than I think anybody could have possibly imagined. But that's not what's happening on December 22nd. Like they're they're not tipping off the season in, in, in a nice little secluded complex in Orlando, and they're not kicking off free agency uh, with 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 the uh, with the eyes of the NBA world, you know, ahead, and everything is fine. Like no, like they're they're in an awkward year where the salary cap is in question, and you know, there's a a, a 72 game season. I shouldn't say the salary cap is in question. What I should have said is the regular season is in question because it's I think the NBA and this is just my opinion, not any information given to me. Like my opinion is the NBA pushed for a 72 game season because I feel like in their heart, they know we're probably not going to get 72 games like we're looking around and we're seeing what happened to the NFL. We're seeing what's happened to the uh, we saw what happened to Major League Baseball when they operated outside of the bubble. We know if we schedule 72 games, we're seeing what's happening in college football right now. The SEC is on the verge of collapsing. But if we push for 72 games, maybe we can get 65. Maybe we can get 62. Maybe we can get something along those lines. In, Or maybe they hit a home run and they're able to get 72. And I've thought, Rich, for the last couple of weeks that, you know, likely what we see now that we know that the season starting December 22nd and in and, and free agency is, is a, a little over a week away, we might wind up seeing a lot of one plus one deals uh, on that first day of free agency. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I would really not want to be um, a professional athlete that is risking injury every year, you know, can, can really lose um, a huge contract on one injury and, and be entering the, this market this year. That is really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the salary cap obviously isn't going up. I think that they're doing some acrobatics to get it to stay flat. Um, and guys like, uh, you know, some of the guys we talked about, they've kind of been on on shorter deals anyway. That's kind of been the trend to begin with. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm throwing one, one and ones at everybody. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, and it's, I mean, not a lot of teams have cap space already as it is even before anything else. And it, so it is hard to know what kind of money guys are going to want to want to spend right now. And some of these players, <laughs> I mean, only half of the league 
was able to go to the bubble. Some of these guys haven't played in, you know, what, nine, nine months, maybe? It's March, yeah. Nine, yeah, yeah nine months. Um, by the time you're coming into training camp. So, yes, people have been working out and doing their, you know, bubble stuff. Um, but it is hard. It, it Everything is so hard to know what what is going. I mean, you assume these guys have kept themselves in the best shape and have been able to do this stuff. But we also don't know privately if any of them have been testing positive outside, have been fighting family struggles. I mean, we just don't know. Um, well, we saw the Knicks. What these kind, these guys, right. They just had a, someone test positive, but someone's, um, I think it was three people. Of, yeah. I think it was three people. This wasn't a team though. Like this wasn't players. This was in the organization, but that doesn't matter. That's a, that's a part of, that, that's a part of the equation here, which again, the NBA had to deal with this on Orlando, but in an entirely, in an entirely different way. And as it turns out, they didn't actually have to deal with it because they did such a great job and everybody, it was kind of that we've got our eyes on the prize type thing. We've got our eye on the finish line. Well, finish line is a long ass way away. This is an entirely different scenario that this, this, this group that this entire league is entering in, in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, but the one-on-ones do make sense. Like you said, I mean, that's to, to get teams through through this and players through it. But like Rich said, too, it, do, it does suck injury-wise that that's in, you know, a normal offseason that you might be able to protect yourself a little bit more where, where right now you might not be able to. Yeah, It is scary. I do want to – I'm going to throw one other free agency name out there. So I, I uh, had him at the very top of my list when I sat down to, to – uh, prepare for this podcast. And then I actually saw you tweet about them today, Jill, uh, Christian Wood thoughts. Yes. yes. Um, I think he's so underrated. And I remember when he used to kill us when he was with the Pelicans. I mean, it was like every time we played them, we're like, who is this guy? <laughs> it's like, you'd never hear about him. And then he'd come to sack and just kill us. Um, and then he went to Detroit. And as soon as they, they traded um, Drummond out of the way, he got to shine. Um, and I do think he is a guy that you would be able to get on a steal kind of deal in this, this kind of off season. Um, I do think probably in a normal setting, he would probably get a little bit more. Um, but I do think he is a stretch name, um, hard worker defense. Like to me, he kind of fits everything that we would be looking for in a big man. Um, you would just have to figure out, I guess, how, he would play depending on if we Holmes is only here for one. If he ends up only being here for one more year, we have Bagley, how he would kind of fit in that, in that group, but he can run the floor. I mean, to me, he would be a good fit with a player like Fox as well. Um, But a good motor, just a a solid, a solid to me, it'd be like bringing Holmes in, but a guy with an outside shot, like he's just a solid, solid guy on the court. The clock is ticking on us and we got to wrap up. There's there's one more thing I want to ask Rich and there's one more thing I want to remind everybody of. We're doing an eight-hour draft day show on ESPN 1320. Jill's going to be a part of it. Rich is going to be a part of it. Rich doesn't know that. Rich actually just found out he's going to be a part of our draft day show right now live here on the podcast. So that's fantastic. It's eight hours. We literally have time for 
everybody. We're going to be on the air from 12 to 8 on ESPN 1320. We're going to be carrying the draft live. So we encourage you uh, to tune in and be a part of the show with us. As far as the podcast goes, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all of that stuff. Rich, you mentioned his name earlier. A lot of people have talked about him. A lot of people at the Kings Herald have talked about him. Tell me a little bit more about Patrick Williams before we go. Yeah, um, so he's a really raw guy who is like kind of, I, I think he he started off as, as pretty far outside the lottery when the college season ended. People weren't really giving him that much thought. He has these, this weird habit of he'll just, uh, he'll take a really bad turnover, uh, travel, he'll dribble the ball out of bounds. He just, he has, there's, this, there's these odd mistakes that he'll make, but he's the youngest uh, uh, American player in the draft. He is extremely raw, extremely moldable. The phys- it's the physical gifts. He's so strong. He's so athletic. A lot of people love him as a five, which is crazy because you can also easily see him as a three. Um, that we haven't had a, uh, a, I mean, you guys mentioned in the last episode, you were talking about who's the best def- uh, defensive player on the Kings. You know, you brought up Doug, of course. But, you know, who's the best defensive player in the in the playoff drought era? You can do that one year with Artest still here after uh, after the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, like, who's the best defender since that, that wasn't on a Kings playoff team? I mean, there's nobody really. I mean, it's it's really slim picking. So I uh, I I'm, I I definitely am drawn to a guy like Pat Will. Um and you know he's got some uh, he's got some projectability on the jumper. It's not that bad looking. He's definitely gonna be able to knock down open shots. Um, and uh, as a slasher and a cutter, highly instinctual, very smart like that. High feel for the game. Um, you know, and he fits in with uh, Fox and Bagley as well. So I'm you know that's what I'm all about is recommitting to uh, this this new window, this long term window, guys that or actually Darren Fox's age, Marvin Bagley's age. It makes sense with the roster going forward in that fit. Okay. I like it. I like it. Again, a lot of people uh, have talked about him. I've read a lot about him on the Kings Herald uh, over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, Rich, we appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for joining us. Joe, you you got anything before we go? Anything we missed? Anything you were like, we've got to touch on this before the podcast ends because we've got like two minutes and 30 seconds. I don't think so. I, oh, that just don't. I know we were talking about it all on Twitter today, but because we he- heard people talking pretty much to every prospect and nobody had the Kings on their workout list that honest, don't, don't freak out over that. That's just standard don't, operating don't procedure. This like is it's not okay. like before where they're just not going to draft someone because they didn't work out for them. <laughs> this is Or, or they're going to, over-evaluate that workout and, and, you know, defy logic. So just they're, they're having zoom interviews, you know, and that that'll just be enough for now. And if they have worked out, maybe they said they don't want someone to release that they worked out with them. I don't know, but I would just say, don't, I saw some freaking out over, um, Oh my God, it's just like before no one wants, you know, just PTSD. It's okay. Um, it's okay. I wouldn't, he's not, I don't see Monty as the kind of guy that's just going to be like, Oh, they ignored us. Nope. never mind. Not going to, not going to take him. 
Richard Ivanowski of the Kings Herald. He does some work for the Sacramento Bee as well. Of course, that's Joe Adge. I'm Damian Barling. We thank you so much for being here with us on the Sacramento Kings podcast. Oh, one more, one more, one more note, and then we're really leaving. Next week, we'll be on on Thursday. We'll be on on Thursday because the draft is on Wednesday. And as I mentioned, we had an eight-hour show, so we decided we're going to do the show after the draft. So we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, make your plans with to be with us. With Tony and Will. That's right. Host of the new Kings Herald show with Jerry Reynolds had Tony on today on the radio. He's absolutely fantastic. Anxious to talk to Tony and Will next week here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Be Heard podcast platform.